Hello, and welcome back to the After Ellen podcast. I'm your host, Jocelyn McDonald, editor-in-chief of After Ellen, and I'm here with Gabby, one of our writers. Hey, Gabby. What's up? So I'm really excited about today's episode because we're talking about everyone's favorite topic, what to stream on the big three, Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon Prime. And, you know, After Ellen has always been a resource to find what uh, what sparse, scant lesbian representation is available for us to, to binge, but we've really done kind of a shoddy job in the last few years. And that's my fault because it was on me to, before I became editor-in-chief, I was just a writer and I wrote these articles and then I let them just kind of disappear. You know, they update what you can stream on these platforms on a monthly basis. And instead of updating my articles on a monthly basis, I just let you guys out there believe that Imagine Me and You was still on Hulu, and it is not. And that, first of all, is a homophobic hate crime that I demand uh, Hulu rectify immediately. But um, the other hate crime was me being bad at writing and not updating our lists. And I'm just so grateful because Gabby has stepped up to the plate and you can now expect those articles to be updated on a monthly basis. We're going to, we're going to take care of this. We're committed to getting this important information out to the lesbian community. Doing one for the team. That's right. So Gabby, you published four articles in the last week on this topic. You published Mm -hmm. one that brings together all of the television streaming and then one one article each for the movies to stream. Yep. So take us through your top five. Okay. I I feel like you know where this is going to start. For television, <laughs> please watch Black Sails. And you might be like, Gabs, is this because you thirst over Max every day? Maybe so. And what of it? <laughs> but I, you know, I think... A, How could you not? Yeah, For those who haven't not? seen Black Sails, give it give us the pitch. Why should women watch Max? Why should women thirst? Because if they ever make a movie about the Greek pantheon, I 100% expect the woman who played Max to be Aphrodite. Okay. First of all, dear listener, you have no idea what a nerd for Greek history Gabriel is. Like um Black Sails has nothing to do with Greek history, no, does it? No. no. Okay. So no. just to clarify, Aphrodite or whatever you just said is not in Black Sails. No, she's not. She's not. But she is she is tempting me with Max. Uh, oof, oof, oof. Okay, no, let me let me let me be serious now. But okay. um okay, Max is a black lesbian in 1715. Like just let that sink in. We we that can is- barely get lesbians from like 1990 from <laughs> 1715 and she's she knows she's a lesbian she's not out here trying to like figure it out trying to be like oh do i like her do i not no she is straight up in the first episode having sex with eleanor in the back whoa like yeah okay yeah sign me up <laughs> yeah if that wasn't enough if that wasn't enough you have Anne bonnie who was a, a real woman she was a real pirate at the time um if you like uh, women wearing pirate gear, Anne's for you. 
So if those you've two ever been up. to a Ren Fest, then this is the show for you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. That sounds great. It's such a turn on when women know who the fuck they are. Just mm-hmm. so, someone knowing that they're a lesbian and using the word lesbian instantly, my panties feel too tight. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. Right. It's like when somebody says lesbian, we all act like somebody just said our names. Mm-hmm. We just like turn around. Did you what? <laughs> what was happening? Present. I'm here. <laughs> yes. I'm, I, what's that? What's going on? Uh huh. So okay, so Black Sails is one to watch. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, more shows. One of the shows our that favorite you show. Had, I feel like we need to mention. Uh, which <laughs> which everyone that? needs to watch. Hentify Dairy Girls. Oh, Dairy Girls! Yes. I don't know what we had just spoken about that, and I immediately thought Hentified because we haven't had a chance to talk about that yet. But Dairy Girls is so good—the best. Everyone needs to the watch best. it me, right away. We, to, we can't be friends unless you've seen the show. But you know who else loves Dairy Girls is Claire. Uh, Claire is one of the other writers, and she's appeared on the podcast a couple times too. But she's a Dairy Girls devotee. But, I mean, how could you not love a show where the primary characters are teenage girls who are absolutely fearless and full of mischief, very badly behaved? Um, It's super relatable for me. I I obviously did not grow up in Ireland in the 1990s, but, you know, (laughs) I see a lot of my own mom in Aaron's mom. Um, I, too, was a teenage lesbian who didn't date and drank too many energy drinks and probably had an anxiety <laughs> problem. So it was, you know, saw a lot of myself in Claire. And Claire is such a good character too, because when they introduce her, I, I can't remember the, the episode where she comes out, but it's, it's kind of like, it just occurs to her mm-hmm. suddenly that she's a lesbian. And once the current, once she, once she has that realization, she's like, Oh, duh, of course I'm, I'm a lesbian. Yeah. And the way she came There's out, not a was, lot of resistance to it. Yeah. Yeah, tell it. The way she came, probably no, you tell the it. best coming out I've ever seen, where she says it. Wow. And Aaron, her best friend, is like, well, can you, like, go back in the closet? Can you, like, not do this? And she's like, no. No, I won't. <laughs> and, like, that's that on that. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> that's, that's that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Nicola Coughlin, the, uh, the actress who plays Claire, is just so stinking cute. I can't handle it. Um, yeah, very worth tuning into. And I don't know about you, but I'm obsessed with accents. Mm-hmm. I actually used to live in Belfast and, and, uh, I lived briefly in Derry. I lived for a few months mm-hmm. in Derry and I, I can't get enough of those accents. They make me crazy. If any of our listeners are international, I am in the market <laughs> for a wife with a goofy accent. Give me a call. <laughs> But um, uh, I'm also yeah, available. definitely get a cook out of it. <laughs> but is is goofy accent on your checklist of like must haves in a wife? Is a wife is like a goofy person in this wife's mm, like you mm, know? Mm, mm. Yeah, it definitely is. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my best friends is Irish. Um, so it was like we watched this show at one point together, and it was just just a way for us to bond. And she's also a lesbian, so it was. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's re- it was really cool for us to to bond over that. But we had such similar upbringings, um, and we call ourselves the Island Girls because my mom is from the Philippines and her mom, you know, is Irish. And there's so so many similarities. <laughs> really? So, yeah. 
Well, there's a a lot of Catholics yeah. in, in both countries. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think the the um, the show is also fun because it's a period piece. Yeah. It's about the troubles in the '90s, and if you don't know a lot about Irish history, you're going to um, absorb a lot peripherally. It's not really about that, but you are you're going to get like a lot of the history lessons that. It's just so fascinating. You're going to love it. Check out Dairy Girls. Um, okay. So Head to Fied, we did touch on briefly, is on the list. It's not got a primary relationship among lesbians either. Like uh, like Dairy Girls, it's one of the um, sort of secondary storylines mm-hmm. between these two women. But it definitely is very thought-provoking. Right. Definitely, definitely. Because I feel like they there were moments where they were butting heads because they didn't agree on something. And it wasn't like just what to have for dinner. It was like you know, these huge like political things that they were not agreeing on. This lesbian couple. Yeah. So they, they get into um, some hot water with one another because of like radically different approaches politically. And the stakes are really high because it's like the survival of this family. You know, it's like the um, there's like two sources of income that are um, that are on the line. This woman art she is a muralist and and an artist in a few different media and then also her family has a um a little taqueria Mm -hmm. and um it's like under threat of gentrification um and part of that threat of gentrification is the art market and its bourgeois ideals um so those things are pitted against each other and it's really the uh you know it raises questions that i found difficult to answer i don't think that i walked away from that show being like oh obviously you know this or that was <laughs> was right or wrong oh yeah definitely definitely um before i moved to where i live now i lived in a neighborhood very much like boyle heights or it was um Oop, did you hear that did you hear the thunder crackling behind me is that was that what that was yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um sorry to interrupt that, you. Okay. okay, yeah. You lived in a neighborhood like Boyle yeah, Heights. Um Echo Park for anybody Echo Park, Silver Lake area for anybody in LA. Um, as you know, was gentrified. Uh that's the whole reason I had to move. Yeah. I they kicked us out. Wow. Yeah, and it's you know, I passed by Silver Lake is just for hipsters. It, now. it is, it is it is, but you know, <laughs> yeah. back in the day it really was just a lot of artists, a lot of you know, a lot of teachers from like my middle school and my high school who are struggling. Yeah, because teachers obviously don't get paid that much, but you know, they all live there and it was just this very vibrant, colorful community. And, you know, I passed by there not long ago and it just isn't the same. And I feel like I just yeah. don't have this like hometown to come back to anymore because I don't have it anymore. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's been actually torn down and rebuilt as something mm-hmm. else. Yeah. I mean, that sounds really relatable to a lot of big cities. I think that people will find the show really compelling. Yeah. Um, even if you're, even if you're not, um, you know, your background is in LA or, Latino. There's just so many um, cities that are going under such radical transitions in gentrification right now. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, that is a good one to check out for sure. Um, So those are, so those are, are are there any other shows that are like really on our, on our top list or are we going to start, are we going to start tearing things down are we, we gonna start can, talking we shit? can start talking shit like let's do this 
okay. Um, well, what, what, what were your worst? I don't know if it was my worst, but I have some hot takes about Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Oh, God. You're the only one. You know that, I, right? Everyone else loved uh, it. Did, did you? I actually didn't watch okay, it. Okay, well. <laughs> I have to be in a mood to read. Uh-huh. Like, I love foreign films. Believe me. Like, I'm fancy, too. Okay? I'm cultured and cosmopolitan, but, like... Usually if I'm watching something, I want to also be playing the banjo quietly at the same time or you know, cross stitching or something. I can't I can't be expected to read all the It takes a lot of focus. I get that. Exactly. I I just haven't made it happen. Yeah. So I I, you know, I've been pretty silent about this on social media because everyone I know, (laughs) like I would say like ninety-five percent of the people that I know really liked it. I did just did not vibe with it, you know, uh, for the, no, I don't, you have to tell okay. me the details. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, basically what happens is this painter comes to this like secluded French Island to paint this woman's wedding portrait. And those two have a thing, but the thing is, where was the thing that they had? I'm sitting here like an hour in and they barely talk to each other. Then all of a sudden they're in love. And I'm like, what happened? Well, yeah, what happened? What? Where did it, you know, I, I get it. I get it. It's an indie movie and like you have to do the long like stairs across the room and shit. But like fucking talk to her, you know. And when they did talk, it, it just didn't feel natural. It didn't yeah. feel like that's the way that you would talk to somebody in real life. So I didn't really feel like they had they had a connection. Like I feel like it they were like teasing us and then they just did not follow through with that sort of connection. And then so why do you think so many women were hoodwinked into believing that this was the the lesbian messiah movie, the movie to save us? Well, I I heard a lot of people talking about, oh, this movie is about like being grateful for the little moments that like change your life and stuff, but the painter I don't feel like she changed at all or learned anything at all at the end of this movie. And the other woman, she was forced to marry this man she clearly did not want to marry. And the vibe that I've... What? Yeah, yeah, no. I was getting the vibe that she was a closeted lesbian. She did not want to marry this man. But the painter, who I'm I'm assuming is bisexual because she said in the Mm. movie that she has had relations with men. In fact... What sparked that conversation was um, the other woman asked, have you ever been in love? And the painter immediately replies, well, I've had sex with men. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) Um, sure, moving on. And it's like she's clearly this this woman clearly doesn't want to get married. She doesn't want to do this. She's having just so many doubts about all of this. And the painter just doesn't. I don't feel like she has any sympathy for her situation. She's like, oh, but he's rich. Oh, but you're going to live in a nice city. Okay, but listen, he's a man, and she clearly does not want anything to do with that. Now, wait a minute, Gab. Mm-hmm. Bisexuals exist. Get- Are you a racist bisexuals no, right now? No, but what I'm, the thing is she just didn't sympathize with mm-hmm. the lesbian is what I'm saying. Okay. okay. And that, that kind of put me off a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that was... I just I I simply did not vibe with this movie. 
Okay. Yeah. That, that's a miss. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Um, that kind of reminds me of one another movie on this list, which is Disobedience. Mm-hmm. And I um I wrote about disobedience when it came out. I did the review and then I also talked to both the Rachels for After oh, All, wow. and so everyone should go check out those interviews. Um best best most exciting moment of my life when i got to speak with my ultimate crush rachel mcadams oh my god holy shit how did you not die um, i actually did die and then i was reborn in listening to her beautiful voice because she is so sweet and clever and um just so sincere like she was telling me about her experiences doing research for mm-hmm. the movie she um she went like undercover in an Orthodox Jewish community, tried wow. to like blend in at a market or something in some Jewish neighborhood of LA. And of course everyone was like, Oh look, it's Rachel McAdams. <laughs> we were like, Rachel, we love you. Do you want to come home for, you know, Shabbat or whatever? And we'll, we'll do some little candle lighting with you and you can see what it's all about. Um, anyway, which isn't like, you know, Rachel McAdams is, is an amazing and a genius, but I also got to speak with Rachel mm-hmm. Weiss and she actually produced the film. She did? And, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, she was like behind the scenes in addition to being on the camera. She was really important in moving the film forward. And I have never respected her more. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of powerful lesbian vibes, the mummy, come on. I mean, I know she ended up with like Brendan Fraser or whatever, but she was way too capable powerful the, not to the be a mummy's dyke. girlfriend in that is a lesbian in real life just that's right that's right you know, pepper <laughs> yeah, that you in wrote, there you wrote about that yeah. you wrote mm-hmm. about that um okay so anyway point about point i was going to make in the connection of those two films is that in disobedience rachel vice's character um whose name i can't remember is it Esty or is that the other lady's character anyway um she is bisexual and she has kind of never had a lesbian relationship other than her relationship with Rachel McAdams' mm-hmm. character. She um, doesn't fully understand the she, – she doesn't it – do, it seems like she doesn't fully relate to what Rachel McAdams is going through because Rachel McAdams is a lesbian mm-hmm. and she's never felt anything for any man ever. And Rachel Vice is kind of like a sexual libertine and she's like, I – kind of like everybody i like i like experiences i like mixing mm-hmm. it up um yeah so can you hear the rain the rain is coming down so hard right now i can't now. hear it okay well that's probably for the best um yeah i kind of can't hear anything else because it's coming in on the skylight in the bathroom and it's um bouncing off all the tile anyway it's it's kind of beautiful um, okay, so uh, nevertheless, I would recommend Disobedience for our listeners. I would say that it has one of the hottest sex scenes ever conceived in lesbiandom. And that is because um, although the film was directed by a man, they were really consci- conscious of the male gaze during the sex mm-hmm. scene. And they were really going... Um, they were really going for something that wasn't super pornographic. Like there's... I don't think there's even any nudity. Mm-hmm in the sex scene um at one point there's like some spitting in each other's mouth or um 
one of the Rachels spits into one of the other Rachels' mouth. It was really hot. It was like, um, it was like definitely the subject of a few fantasies for me afterward. Like, and I remember, I remember, um, yeah, trying to think about like, how do I ask my girlfriend to spit my mouth in like a, in like a subtle way though? Cause she's normie, like she's vanilla. <laughs> like how, maybe I'll just show her this movie and be like, so. Thoughts? Mm-hmm. All right. That's on Amazon Prime, right? Dude, I don't, yes, it's Prime. There we go. Okay. Disobedience is on Prime. Um, what else is good? So what's not good is Duck Butter. I think it's one of the worst movies I've what ever seen. even was that about? I watched maybe like 20 minutes of it and I just, I had to bounce. Did you turn it off? Cause it was so yeah, bad. I had to bounce. It was so bad. I, I forced myself to watch the whole thing and I, um, uh, where do I begin? Just couldn't deal with it. Um, yeah, I really like Alia Shawkat. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a good actor and fun to watch and has a very compelling, range of expression like i could definitely watch her anytime the other chick that was in the movie the other grown adult woman who was in the movie was super boring and i didn't i didn't want to watch her and i didn't see the uh chemistry between the two Mm -hmm. of them that their characters were ill-matched for one another and so point of the movie is that like they they have a compelling first impression of each other and they're like what if we just what if we just like spend the next day having sex what if we have an orgasm once every hour and um then they go about trying to do that um and it's like kind of gross yeah it's just kind of like the name implies like i i don't i don't even need to tell you what it means because you can google i mean no i had to because i wrote the thing (laughs) I meant you, the listener, because okay. I know you know what it yeah. what it means. I mean, yeah, listeners, don't Google it. Please don't. Um, we did that for you. It just don't. It's just not worth it. But uh, yeah, so that was that. I wouldn't watch it. I wouldn't waste my time. Like somebody paid money to make this. Hmm. Hmm. Somebody got paid to oh, make God, this. Right. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, what else is good or bad? Um, oh, Saving Face is on um, Amazon Prime, which I... What was so good about it? It was just really... I thought it was a really cute movie. It was like... Um, it was about a Chinese-American doctor who falls oh, okay. in love with a woman. And it's... You know, she's just struggling to have this relationship. But also, culturally speaking, it's not really accepted... But, you know, they work through it. Interesting. Okay, that sounds good. Do you have to read? No. Oh, fantastic. It's all all set in the U.S. There's probably, like, I don't know, some scenes where they speak, yeah, Um, in a different language. But but it's not like a foreign language film. No. It's by the same woman who did uh, the half of it. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. Really? Okay, that's right. I know what you're talking about now. Um. Yeah, that sounds like it could be really good. We should talk to her on the podcast. That would be fun. Let's get her oh, on yeah, here. Yeah, for sure. Um, another one that I liked is Wild Nights with Emily. That um, 
that film. We have a review of the film on the site. And we also have an interview with the director. The director is a fucking genius. So the story with Emily Dickinson is that there is compelling, compelling evidence that she was a lesbian. Um, she was married to a man. So uh, you could say that's, uh, that's also highly likely that she was bisexual, but the, um, the way that she writes about her best friend, Susan Gilbert, who was also her sister-in-law really makes you think like that she, she really had one love in her life and it certainly wasn't her Mm -hmm. husband. Um, in fact, it seemed like she really didn't care about him much at all and was just like super obsessed with Susan. Um, so the, the story is, a is about her legacy being erased physically. Her manuscripts had eraser taken to them and anything that was overtly homosexual was taken out. And so, you know, we don't know all the things that we lost, from Emily Dickinson's thousands of poems, but um, it really is a thought-provoking way to think about um, women in history as well, because, you know, there's so few writers from days of Mm -hmm. yore that we have to look to. We've got, you know, Jane Austen and we've got, uh, we've got Emily Dickinson, you know, we've, we've got these few and far between um, notable women writers and they're limited by culture and class. And um, that is not because women were not writing. And that's not because women were not writing on a level of mastery um, where like everything that they wrote was, you know, worth engaging with critically. It was just because they're literally being, their letters are being burned. Their works are being erased. They're not being published in the first place. Mm-hmm. It just is. Um, it's just worth thinking about that sometimes and kind of reckoning with the genius that um, that women have been denied. Oh, for sure. Yeah, actually, I haven't seen it, but that sounds like something I'd want to watch. It's definitely a cute movie. Like it's not too long. It's kind of if times it's funny like haha funny mm-hmm. so that's fun um honestly it would be extremely up your alley as much as you love literature and um <laughs> being gay <laughs> like you definitely love this movie <laughs> I, I get i have to check it out now <laughs> yeah give it a try honestly the director is very cool um i can't remember her name but we should have her on the podcast too just gonna She's say that like, we should genius. have her on here uh, she loves me. I think we're probably best friends, even though I can't remember her name right now. We had such a fun interview together. Um, okay, so people always talk about Adventure Time, Sailor Moon, and Steven Universe. Right. Those are things that people love cartoons. Yeah, I think especially now we're just we, – I unrelated, I just saw lightning go off behind you. Oh, yeah. you did? <laughs> but, yeah. um I'm so grateful that it's raining. Uh, yeah, I think sometimes you just want to get away from all the shows that are like trying to be gritty and dark. And, you know, sometimes you just want to watch something that doesn't take too many brain cells to really absorb. Um, mm-hmm. I sometimes just get tired of watching things that are too close to real life. So I yeah. go and I watch, you know, I'm a grown ass adult. I pay bills and I will watch Adventure uh. Time after I pay those bills. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cute. Yeah. 
Um, I'm actually way too grown up for cartoons and I will not watch them. You cannot make I me. won't. <laughs> actually, <laughs> you could though. I dated a, I dated this woman for like five minutes who was really into anime and I swear to God, I was ready to like go to Comic-Con. <laughs> I was like fully ready to be like, okay, this is my thing now. <laughs> yeah. No, Sailor Moon was one of those ones where um, you, I picked it up because, you know, like my older cousins watched it and when he's first time I saw, you know, the lesbians on there, I was like, um, I think something has awakened in me. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, <laughs> wow. Cause she's, um, it's sailor Neptune and sailor Uranus. She's Uranus mm-hmm. is very, like, she's very butch and she's not shy about it. You know, she'll wear the male school uniform and everybody for the most part is just cool with it. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that. That sounds really kind of edgy, like the gender nonconformity level, because mm-hmm. a lot of times you have, you know, lesbian re- relationships between two obviously feminized characters who are like strictly not gender nonconforming mm-hmm. because I guess producers and showrunners think that audiences couldn't handle that. Yeah. But yeah, to actually have gender nonconformity in a relationship, that's super cute. Yeah. And at the time in the 90s, like that's... For a kid's show, too. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's wild. So how about where are you at in Killing Eve? I've I've caught up. I've completely caught up with Killing Eve. Okay, I haven't caught up. What? How many seasons are there, first Three, of all? Three, and there's a fourth on the way. Thank yeah. God. Thank God. Uh, you, can't, um, you can't just leave it like that. you got to have another season. Well, don't give away any spoilers because I haven't seen... I haven't seen past the first season. I saw the first season like three mm-hmm. times because I loved it so much. And I live for Sandra Oh. Right? Oh my God. Her hair is incredible. Right? Like I just want to tussle her hair. I want to like smell what it. I want to wake up in the morning and just, <laughs> why are you so pretty? Um. Also, she's the only reason to watch Grey's Anatomy. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, I know and, I put that on the list because uh, I know there's um there are some lesbian relationships in there, but she stole <laughs> there are show. they're not good. She stole the show. She was also just such an such an amazing actor in everything she ever oh, does. Yeah. Um, anyway, I think that's kind of beside the point. The point is that Killing Eve is very good. The other thing that I found compelling about Killing Eve is that uh the the fashion is incredible. The oh, fashion, the fashion makes your eyes is just, always on point so good and just mind-blowing like it, it makes my eyes feel like we're having a dance me and the, <laughs> me and the television are dancing um yeah me and these designer gowns are dancing so i like a female sociopath i like a villain i like um the idea of female sociopathy because you know we're like steeped in uh true true crime and serial killer Mm -hmm. stories all the time and people are getting super obsessed with my favorite murder and all these things and um male killers are um something we already know about i don't think anybody's imagined female serial Mm -hmm. killers and you know i realized that i just said i am here for female sociopathy on a podcast that's not true (laughs) i take that back i'm not here for that in real life i'm here for that on television just to be clear clear. (laughs) i'm killing Eve. yes and even more than i am here for female sociopathy i am here for sandra o's character she's the smartest detective Mm -hmm. ever i freaking love detectives i live for for mercy 
for mysteries and solving crimes. And like Sandra O oh is the Sherlock that we really needed. Oh, for sure. Like whatever fucking, what the fuck is his name? Benadryl cabbage patch. <laughs> like get out of here. It's all about Sandra O. Oh. It's all about Sandra O. Oh. Um, yeah. So I need to catch up with it because as I said, I only saw the first season, which isn't even lesbian. No. I mean, Villanelle is clearly not straight, but yeah. Right. But she doesn't, but she doesn't like make out with Sandra O oh until like season two or three. Three. Wow. I need to watch this. As soon as we're done podcasting, I'm going to go turn on. But see, the reason I didn't watch it before was because it used to be on BBC Mm -hmm. America. And now it's on Hulu. And when it was on BBC America, I could watch it without commercials by stealing someone's password. Now I don't know the person's password anymore. They changed their password. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is on Hulu. You have to watch ads. And I don't agree with it. (laughs) I want my content to be... Limited to the prescription or prescription, limited to the subscription price. Yeah, I that's reasonable. I, I, think. I know I'm like that too. I t- completely understand. I feel like we missed some of the some of the classics. Like, uh, below her mouth has been on Netflix for years. It's, it just I've still never seen now. it. I've seen it. Yeah, it does. I don't. Is I it mean, good? It's something. I'm not okay. really sure. It was mostly just sex. There wasn't really a plot, uh, uh, uh. but was it spicy sex or was it boring? Uh, no, it was okay. <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah, right. it was, was it like super porny? Was it male gaze? Kind of. That's not really. Oh kind yeah, mm, I don't know about that. But um, they end up That's together in the end, and it ended. It had a very similar ending to Imagine Me and You, actually. Okay, yeah. great. I like it when people end up yeah. together. So that the ending was actually oh. pretty cute. Okay, so. There's also a lot of good stand-up to mention. Wanda Sykes, Not Normal, and Ellen DeGeneres is Relatable are both on our list of what to stream on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a, a few other comedians that um, maybe didn't show up in the like category, and so we missed them, but we'll add them soon. A bunch of these we've written about. Uh, did you see True Love? True Love. Wait, wait, remind me which one that one. Claire wrote a piece about True Love. Um, a widow heads to the city to recover from oh, losing yeah, her husband. Yeah. She, I know what you're talking about. Instead, she connects with a les- lesbian who has Shane McCutcheon tendencies. <laughs> I want to see that one. Gabby had a Gabby had a good idea, which was to um, to talk about the the shows that we wish, or the shows or movies that we wish were available to stream right now. So hit us. What's your dream? I storyline and. I would want the lesbians to already like know they're lesbians in the beginning. I understand the importance of like coming out stories and those stories that are like where they're struggling, but it seems like it whatever I'm it bored. doesn't always need to be that, you know? Like she's yeah, yeah, I'm bored. Like she knows in the beginning that's good. And like I would like to see lesbians just like go on adventures and just like mm-hmm. do things. I would like to see a dumbass lesbian who just she's an absolute dumbass, but she has a heart of gold because that's me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. See myself, please. A little representation, a little Gabby representation. Exactly. Yeah, I think you're right. I think um, coming out stories will always they'll, they'll be evergreen. You know, it's like the building's roman of of being a lesbian. It's like you got to tell that story, mm-hmm. and when you're young, you need to yeah. to see that story. Yeah. But I really want to see 
more rom-coms, yes. fully developed relationships. Uh, we can only watch like, Imagine Me and You so many times. Exactly. Yes, I need more. I need it to be laugh out loud, loud funny. I need there to be hijinks. Oh, yes. Um, hijinks, shenanigans, yeah. tomfoolery. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Maybe some conf- uh, some some mixed up identities. Oh, like this. Uh, people confusing people for other people. <laughs> like, um, yeah. So, so definitely more rom coms. And I'm just a big nerd for thrillers mm-hmm. and uh, mysteries. And so, more women solving crimes. So, one thing that I, what I like, one thing that would be my absolute dream come true. And we've talked about this before, Gabby. But I have a hard on for. Uh, wait, wait. Is it? Carrie yeah, Carrie Russell. <laughs> Carrie Russell. <laughs> <laughs> another woman with amazing hair i don't even like femmes i don't even like like long hair but um there's something very butch about carrie russell because she's she's got this like really strong tough uh energy she's definitely got big dyke energy and um i think about her role in the americans all the time i think she's just so fascinating and compelling in that character and so what i would want to see is like it's the 1970s the women's movement is growing more militant you've got you know miss america vibes mm-hmm. or mrs america vibes the hulu show like you've got um you've got consciousness raising sandra and oh is amazing there. outfits sandra <laughs> oh is there with her amazing hair and <laughs> um the same the same thing with the americans where there's like spying and um ultra violence and government conspiracy right. and um but but make it the women's oh, movement. right for like, sure. make it about fighting the patriarchy make it about organizing against specific you know evil patriarchal lawmakers and and companies mm-hmm. and bosses and stuff like oh, that sure. Ooh, take nine to five with dolly parton but instead of a comedy make it <laughs> you know um an aggressive murdery action thriller. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> that's what I want to see. It's, we should... But, like... Go go ahead. Sorry. No, no, that's it. Yeah. yeah you're just thirsting yeah, over like more short <laughs> I know. It should be a um, mystery movie with us two, where you're the detective getting all the clues, but I'm just a dumbass who's here for emotional support. <laughs> I'm in. That's what... That's... The movie, I come in to like fight somebody and then just like, okay, you do your thing with the clues. So I'm going to go fight these goons. Yes. Who is going to green light this? I think we're ready. Oh yeah. Can I have a sword in this movie? Oh, I, oh, I mean, how could you not? It's, it's your fantasy movie. So I feel like as a lesbian, a I deserve one or a bow. I feel like that Ooh, is okay. That's lesbian. That's yeah. very gay. Yeah, that's... Diana. Okay. Okay, you guys can't see this, but I actually have a statue of Artemis behind me. So, <laughs> what did I tell you? She's a Greek mythology nerd. <laughs> There's All literally right. a statue of Athena right in front of me. I oh god, <laughs> I've exposed myself. You know what? You've exposed yourself as an excellent altar builder, and I need some tips. Um, on making it a more effective altar, I gotta manifest. I gotta manifest some very serious things in the coming months, including oh. a wife with a goofy accent. 
we'll work on it. We'll work on it. We'll network. We'll figure something out. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So, uh, what is there anything? Is there anything we we got to add about these movies and TV? Um, I I don't. I feel like we need. We just need more. You know, lesbian writers and like content creators out there. Just give yeah. them a chance to tell their stories because we're obviously not going to be telling the same stories. But what um, will bring us together is the lesbians. Mm-hmm. That we're not all the same, but you know we can have all these in different fact, kinds. We have sometimes almost nothing in common. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. we're oh. but our gayness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I, I try to put that in in the stories that, in the fiction that I write, where mm. you know the one that I'm working on right now is it's for lesbians, but they're all for completely different people, and they do mm-hmm. get into hijinks and tomfoolery, and they go. And, you know, just get into trouble because they're fucking nosy. But, you know, it's the fact that they're lesbians doing this. I didn't get to have lesbian heroes. So now I'm trying to make my own heroes. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I do. And I mean, that that's the whole point of After Ellen, right? Is to celebrate when that does happen. Also, I think uh, Marvel needs to make Captain Marvel a lesbian because we all watched the first movie. Oh, God, that needs to happen. We all know what's going on there. We all saw yeah. her hair in Endgame. Come on, Marvel. <laughs> um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know that. I, I feel like I had something really good and important to add about movies on this list. And uh, then my edible kicked in. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't remember what it was. <laughs> so we might, we might be able to wrap it up there. What do you think, Gab? I'm good with wrapping it up. Let's do it. All right. Well, this has been the After Ellen podcast where we caught you up on everything that is available to stream right now, July 2020. We are going to keep these articles updated on a more regular basis than we have in the past. And we're super excited for you to uh, to stay with us um, for, for these updates and tell us what movies you liked and tell us if we missed anything. Hit us on our social media and let us know if there's any movies that we didn't mention. Um, Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye.